Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verse number 15 as our text this morning. We're continuing our study uh, looking at uh, or, 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 or praying about being, uh, being uh, prepared unto the day of battle. Uh, Paul here has written this, uh, this letter to the church of Ephesians. He talked about the, uh, to them about their conduct in the previous chapters and the behaviors of, a, of the believer. And, and, this, and in this chapter, chapter 6, he's talking about the battles that Christians are to face. And, and the truth is uh, uh, we all understand that we face battles in our everyday life. Uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, if you are not in the midst of an attack right now, uh, duck because there's one coming. Uh, we we uh, we'd also know that we're not our battles aren't with one another. Our battles aren't with uh, people of of opposite uh, political affiliations from us. Uh, it, it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't matter what side of the tracks they come on. The, the battles aren't with flesh and blood. Uh, they're against uh, they're against. It's a spiritual battle. It's a it's a battle against Satan and his and his uh, and his cohorts. So those fallen angels that are, are are trying to cause us to fall. I say, well, I don't really see that. The Bible is very clear about that. First Peter chapter five verse eight says that Satan, like a roaring lion, uh, uh, is attempting to. Because he walked about seeking whom he may devour. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be devoured. I I, I don't want my testimony to be destroyed. Uh, here it talks about the, the fiery darts of the wicked one uh, that, uh, in, the, in the next verse. Come back this afternoon if you want to hear about that. Uh, but uh, uh, he's, he is out to get us. He's out to destroy us. He's out to injure us. He's out to, to, to stop us. As I've been praying about this and as I've been studying this, uh, uh, I, I've come to a conclusion. Most of us battle on the defensive. And we have talked about the defensive, some of the defensive parts so far. The breastplate of righteousness is, is a part of the armor that is given to us for defense, right? Uh, or it, it's there to, 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 to protect us from, uh, remember what we talked about what that was, the, uh, the, the positional righteousness which we have in Jesus Christ and the, the protection that, that, that gives us uh, from the doubts of our salvation and the fears uh, that we might have because we're positionally safe in Jesus Christ, not because of what he did, but what Jesus did when he died on the cross. The Bible says that in Ephesians earlier in, the cha- uh, in chapter 2 that we, that we sit that we're already seated in heaven. Listen, I don't know about you, but it doesn't look like I'm in heaven. I, I, I love you all, but none of you look like angels. Uh, but the Bible says that we're seated in heaven. And the, and the truth is, the best is yet to come. And we're, we're going to experience that someday. Or we're going to be there someday. That's something that we have hope in. Uh, but uh, but, but uh, we're not there yet. But positionally, as far as God's concerned, we're already there. And I praise the Lord for that. I, I, praise, I praise God for what he's done for us in, in, in imputing upon us the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It isn't ours, it's his. The other part of the righteousness we talked about was, was practical righteousness. And, and that's us uh, trying to live out uh, the righteousness of Christ in our life. Uh, God, according to Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 10, has created us unto good works. There are certain good works that we're to perform that are to bring honor and glory to God. And part of that also protects us. It protects our, uh, uh, who we are. Because listen, uh, uh, I don't need my conscience to be, to be burdened by sin that I've, that, I've, that I've committed. And listen, you know what protects me from that? Not sinning. 
living a righteous life, not not breaking the laws of God. And listen, uh, this is not a uh, this is not a, a contest. See who can be more righteous than anybody else. It isn't our self righteousness. We understand it's the grace of God that, that that helps us to live out that righteous life. Remember, Philippians chapter one says that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we talked about the, the breastplate of righteousness. We, the week before that, or the, actually that was in the afternoon uh, that day, uh, the morning, that morning we talked about the, our loins being girt about with truth and, and how we're to live in truth and, and, uh, and how we're to, 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 to at our, our very core, uh, our power comes from, uh, uh, the, from, from, from our core. At our very core, we need to be truthful. And the Bible says in Ephesians in, in chapter 4, if you were a liar, to put away lying and to... Speak the truth. It, 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 there's the there's the things that we talk about, and then there's the living the truth, and the, living out the truth would be living out the truths of the Word of God, and then also living sincerely, not being a hypocrite. Because I can speak the truth, and I can live the truth one way, but if my heart is filthy and wicked, and it's easy to fool people, but you can't fool God. God would have us to be sincere in our love for one another. God would have us be sincere in, in our love for him and in the way that we live uh, and not be that facade. Too many, too many people who claim to be Christians, it's all a facade. If we're going to be protected, if we're going to be prepared for the attacks that are going, that are going to come or are coming uh, towards us, first of all, we need to be living in truth. Secondly, we need to be protected by, by that breastplate of righteousness. Thirdly, we're looking at this, this, this next one uh, that, we're, that we're looking at here this morning. It says in verse 15, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Here we have another piece of the armor. Now, the first two pieces of armor I already mentioned are defensive. This one is also defensive. You say, how are shoes defensive? We're going to get to that but it's also offensive, and we're going to get to that as well. But before we do that, uh, uh, let's, let's, uh, uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to help us to have an understanding of this, to understand the, the truth of it, how it applies to our life, and then maybe ask God to, 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 to work this out in our life so that we may then put on uh, the, these, these uh, have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I ask for your help this morning. I pray that you would guide my mouth, you guide my mind, Lord, everything that I do and say may be under your spirit's control. God, I, I ask that you would help me just to step aside and allow you to have your way with us, Father. Lord, we need to be prepared. Lord, we need, uh, we, we need our, our feet shot with the, the preparation of the gospel of peace. And, and honestly, Lord, I, I believe this is, this is probably one of the areas where, where many Christians fall short. Lord, the truth is, I, I believe there are times when I fall short in this. And God, I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you'd help us to, uh, to, to learn, understand, Lord, and then live it out in our lives. Uh, we ask for your, for your blessing. We ask for, your, for the, the moving of your spirit this morning. Lord, may we be tender and just submissive to, to what you would have us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This, the... When he just, Paul's describing this this uh, outfit or the the armor here, I uh, I heard somebody say this, and I, we know that Paul was in prison. That was in prison when he wrote this. And what what do you see when you're in prison? Well, you see bars, 
You also see soldiers. They're guarding you. You see what they're wearing. He's writing to the church of Ephesians, and, and I don't know about you, but there have been times when I've been, been writing something down, and then something inspired me. Now, we know that God inspired Paul to write this, right? All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. God gave Paul the, the words to speak, God, or the words to write. He gave him the message to give to us. And, but he also gave him this illustration of, of us putting on the armor of God. Paul knew that they were going to face battles in their life. And he says, listen, this, uh, as, as, he, as he's writing it down, he sees that, that, that soldier standing before him, whether outside of his, uh, whether outside of his cell or, or walking past, and he's seen him uh, in this part of the, the life there in Rome. Uh, he, he's, he's seen him, so he knows what they, what they look like. And, and, and he goes on to talk about the breastplate. Uh, why? Because he's seen it. He talks about the, the, the loins being girded about with truth because he's seen it. And, and then he talks about the shoes that they're wearing. Well, what does that have to do with armor? Everybody wears shoes, unless they're my kids, in which case you'll see them running around in their bare feet because <laughs> my kids don't like shoes for some odd reason. Uh, but, but how could these shoes be a part of the armor? Well, let's look at what, this word, what the Word of God has to say, and we're going to look at history a little bit, to, at the actual shoes that, the, that they wore, uh, to give us an understanding. He says here in verse 15, And your feet, remember he's saying, Stand therefore, verse 14, uh, talks about the other two things being put on already, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The word shod there means uh, to be underbound. Uh, uh, if you'll notice these, uh, they don't have uh, converse sneakers. They don't have military boots. Or, or There's all different kinds of shoes that people wear today. They didn't have those kinds of shoes back then. They had, for the most part, sandals. Uh, uh, they were made of leather. They had a, they had a leather insole. That, uh, and and they, 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 they wrapped around the foot. Uh, they did not enclose around the foot. You think, well, how does that protect your feet at all? It doesn't so much. I mean, if it's cold out, uh, shortly out, within within uh, fifty years or so, the, the, the Roman soldiers actually uh, uh, the, the, the 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 incoming. Uh, uh, Caesar uh, changed the way their shoes were, but that was how they were during Bible times and during during Paul's times. Uh, they, uh, they were leather straps round, wrapped around and, and tied uh, uh, so that they didn't fall off. Uh, they didn't protect you from from the from the from the brush that you might walk through. They didn't protect you from snow that you might walk through. And yes, it snows over there. Uh, they didn't protect you from those things. But what the what they did do that was different than other shoes. If if you notice, there are some bumps on the bottom of these shoes, and that's not exactly what they looked like but that's a, a fairly close picture uh, they they would take they would take what they called hobnails and they'd nail them down through the insoles of those shoes and they'd come out the bottom and you'd have spikes on the bottom of those shoes this is a a weapon for this is a, a piece of the armor for defense and for offense and i'm not going to tell you that they trampled over their enemies and this is how they won all their wars by kicking them they weren't ninjas with with spiky shoes that's not what it was but it certainly helped them stay in the ground remember he says stand therefore having your 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 feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace you know, you know what what they used to do. They, uh, if you're standing there on 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 what could be slippery slippery uh, surfaces, uh, mud, muddy ground. Most of their battles were fought in the mud, right, uh, or in the dirt. Uh, if you're standing there and you've got cleats on, do you think you have better traction than the other guy? 
If you're pushing against somebody or somebody's pushing against you, don't you think it's better to have cleats on? Those were essentially cleats. They, they dug into the ground and they helped you to not move. What, what did it say there? It says, stand there for. In fact, the word stand is mentioned several times in this passage of Scripture. It is impossible to stand, therefore, if your feet are on, slippery, on a slippery slope. We need to be able to, 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 to shod ourselves, to, to underbind, to, to bind to our, our feet, our, our, our stance, this, this type of protection, something that will keep us from slipping. Now, I said it was, it was defensive because when they're fighting against you and pushing against you, it keeps you from moving, but it also helps you to push against them. We're going to get a little bit more into this in, the, in, in a few minutes, but, but, but uh, too many times Christians are fighting a defensive battle. But the Bible says that the church isn't to be on the defense, but to be on the offense. What did Jesus say? Thought Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the what is it? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Have you ever seen? Anybody go to battle carrying their gates with them. When there's, when there's a siege, what are they doing? They're storming the gates. The church of God is to be storming the gates of hell. We're we to be going and trying to save or to reach every single one that we can to bring them back to Christ. We're to, tell, to preach to them and teach to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're getting all that from this verse? That and more. What is the gospel? We notice it says the preparation of the gospel of peace. First thing I want you to understand, it's not just talking about shawling our feet with the gospel. It doesn't say that. It says the preparation of the gospel of peace. One of the things I've learned uh, as I study the word of God, God does not put a word in there for no apparent reason. Every word is there for a reason, to help us to understand something. We're not just to shot our feet with the gospel. How many of you understand and believe the gospel? If you're saved, hopefully you believe the gospel and you understand the gospel. What is it? You could ask a bunch of different people and get a bunch of different answers. But the Bible tells us, and they wouldn't all be, and hopefully they'd all be right here, but... but, but the Bible gives us an answer. The word gospel means this, good news. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, turn over there with me. Uh, Paul tells us exactly what the gospel is. First Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to read verses 1 through uh, probably 6. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, and then of the twelve. And after that he was seen of about five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen 
asleep. Uh, what is the gospel? It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it isn't just that, because a lot of people die and a lot of people are buried. It goes more, it's more, it goes more into that. Remember he said that Jesus died for our sins. In that is the fact that mankind is separated from God because of our sinfulness, because of that sinful nature. And because of that sinful nature, somebody or something had to pay the penalty for that. And Jesus Christ died for that. That's the good news. That's the gospel. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to suffer in hell for all eternity. Jesus Christ died for you. I don't know about you, but I think that's good news. He, uh, he, he died for you. He, he gave his life for you. And then, uh, and then to, to prove that he was God, he rose from the dead. Listen, there are many people who rose up to have people follow after them. And all of them lie in a grave somewhere. But there is one grave that is empty, and not because the disciples sold the body. Jesus Christ rose from the grave, and, he, and Paul says that. This is the gospel, that he died for your sins, and then he rose from the grave. And then he goes, goes on and says, and here's the proof. I saw it, and this guy saw it. And in fact, 500 people saw him at once, many of them that are still alive. He gave them proof of the gospel. The gospel isn't what a lot of people say it is. The gospel can be contorted, can be twisted, can be changed. And when you, when you do that, guess what? It ain't the gospel anymore. My wife, my wife sometimes makes some of the recipes my mom used to make. But my wife, being, healthy, being as healthy as she is and trying to keep us as healthy as, as she wants us to try to be, sometimes changes the recipe. And guess what? I can taste the difference. It ain't what mama used to make. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. Don't get me in trouble here. I'm not saying my wife's a bad cook. Uh, in fact, I appreciate what my wife does. But it isn't the same. Do we understand the concept here? If you change it, it ain't the same. It may look, it may be news, uh, uh, but it isn't the gospel. I am so thankful that, that we have the gospel. But, but Paul here says that, 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 that we need to shod our feet, not with the, the gospel of peace, but the preparation of the gospel of peace. If you're, going to, if you're taking notes here, if, as I prayed about it, this is, this is where the Lord, the Lord took me. I think about preparation, that, that word preparation, it means a few things, and it's going to, to, to help us to, to have a, an understanding here of, of, I believe, what Paul would have us to, to, to say. Uh, preparation means I'm preparing something. If I'm going to prepare for a test, for those of you that are in school, or have been in school, that would include all of us, amen, uh, uh, what would I have to do? I have to study. I have to, I have to get, I have to fill my mind with, uh, uh, I have to permeate, if you might, if you would say, uh, my mind with uh, the truth. The, the word permeate uh, means uh, to be, to be soaked, to be, to be infiltrated by. I used to try to study by falling asleep on my books. Never did. Osmosis doesn't work. Uh, uh, what's the, what, to, to, to do that, to permeate my mind, to permeate uh, those, the, my, my thoughts, with that, I've got to spend a lot of time studying and thinking about what, according to this, the gospel. 
If we're, going to, if we're going to prepare ourselves or to shot ourselves with the preparation of the gospel of peace, we need to permeate our thinking. We need to permeate our minds. We need to permeate our lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, think about Paul as a perfect example of this. When Paul got saved, his life changed. Everywhere he went and everybody he talked to, he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't talk politics. He didn't talk, he didn't talk the, listen, they had some nasty politics of the day. They, they didn't talk about the way things were being pushed upon them by the, by the Roman government. He, didn't, he didn't, didn't care about any of those things. You know what he preached? The gospel. In Acts chapter 20, uh, he's talking to the church at Ephesus, and he's getting ready to leave, saying, I'm not going to see you again. Why? Because he's on his way to Rome to preach the gospel. And he says, listen, I can leave here free from that. My hands clean, they're free from the blood of all men. Why? Because every, day, this is every night and every day, he went door to door preaching the gospel to everyone there. He, he didn't have to worry about God saying, you missed this one. He knew that he had preached to that one. And say, why did he do that? Because his mind and his heart and his soul were, were saturated with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We just sang the song, weren't you there? It says, sometimes it causes me to tremble. So you can't tremble if you're not thinking about it. Well, I, 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 we live in a day and an age where we, we are bombarded with so many things and so much information. Uh, it's called it the information age. It, it, listen, it, it, Satan is in all of that. I'm not saying that everything is bad, but, but listen, if it's going to take the space of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's a problem there. So well, I, that's, not the, that's not the truth. The question, don't answer. When in the last time, in the last week, did you think about the gospel of Jesus Christ? Honestly. Honestly. When's the last time you sat, you were, you were sitting there, you were, uh, instead of turning on the TV, or uh, you just thought about what God did for you? How he died on the, on the cross for your sins. Man, how wicked and sinful you were, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He loved you so much, he died. When did you just, just dwell on that? We say, it sometimes this causes me to tremble. It doesn't if we don't think about it. When did you think about not only his death, but his resurrection, and how in power he rose up from the grave, and because of that power, we can have victory. Because if you didn't think about it, are we really prepared? We think about a lot of things. And listen, I, I understand we have jobs, and we have, to, we have to know our jobs, and we have to be good at our jobs. I understand that, 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 there are, that we have kids in school and teenagers, and, and, and we have to cook. and clean. My, my wife is busier than anybody that I know. Uh, listen, I understand that, but God has put us here for a reason, and there are battles that we have to, that we have to fight. And yes, some, are, some things we have to defend about. And listen, the gospel, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, needs to be defended, and we need to stand on that, but on top of that, it's, it's offensive and we need to think about that and what that means for us. There needs to be a diligent permeation of the gospel into our lives. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 15 says, says uh, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, the Bible also tells us that, that, uh, that we're to be ready uh, always to give an answer to every man. Uh, it, it needs to be there. 
So that whenever that opportunity comes, we're prepared. But unless you're prepared, unless you study, unless you permeate the stuff into your mind and you're thinking about it constantly, you'll not be ready. And the truth is, most Christians aren't ready. Statistics prove that most Christians aren't ready. In fact, not only most, but the vast majority of Christians aren't ready. Ninety uh, percent of people uh, in in churches uh, have have led people. No, sorry, only ten percent of church. Ninety uh, percent have never led anybody to the Lord. Wow. It's around eighty percent of the people that uh, that haven't told anybody about Christ. So we, we can't lead somebody to the Lord if we're not thinking and prepared. Uh, if we've not permeated our thoughts and it's not become our, 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 our mission. Because, yes, while we may have jobs and, yes, we have kids and we have things to do, the mission of the church is to do what? Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. And listen, I preach, if, you have, if, I don't, if I ever stop preaching the gospel from up here, kick me out. Seriously, get rid of me. Because the gospel should be preached from here. But it's not just to be preached from here. It's to be preached from out there. Outside of the doors of the church. Because listen, they're not coming in. We have a hard enough time getting our own people to come in. Uh, Listen, we need to go out there and share the gospel with them. And Marcus says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. There needs to be a diligent permeation. This, this, this word prepare uh, also gives to me the, the idea of purpose. Uh, uh, purpose, meaning, meaning uh, uh, it's intentional. The gospel needs to be intentional in your life. We're talking about putting on a pair of shoes. Uh, how many of you have more than one pair of shoes? How many of you have a pair of work shoes and a pair of walking shoes or, or just tennis shoes or sneakers or whatever you want to call them. Anybody have uh, a pair of uh, uh, cleats for running or, or for soccer or anything like that? No, you're, we're all too old in here for that. Uh, that's when you're younger. Do, do, you, do you guys remember those things, though? When you played sports, you had, you had cleats that you put on? When did you put on those cleats? When you were going to play soccer. Ever try wearing those cleats when you weren't wearing, playing soccer? Uh, that's when I wore because I, I played soccer. Uh, you'd slip on the tile floors because there's no grip to them. You'd fall down. How many of you wear, have ever have a pair of running shoes? My wife does. I don't run. Right? I, 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 have, I have a pair of I walk fast shoes. Uh, uh, or, or I pretend to walk fast shoes. Uh, I'm, I'm walking faster now. I'm, I've lost 10 pounds in the last two weeks. Praise the Lord. Keep it up. You know when I put those on? When I'm getting ready to exercise. I have a pair of church shoes. Do you want to put them on when I come ready for church? See, the idea is that I need to put them on purposely. When I put my shoes on, there's a purpose behind it. When I prepare myself to, to, to preach the gospel, I need to put it on or to, 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 to share the gospel. That means that I'm putting on my gospel shoes. Uh, I, I'm, I'm purposely going out and to tell with, with the desire to tell somebody about Jesus Christ, how he died for their sins, how he rose from the grave, and now he sits in the right hand of the Father, and how they can be saved and they don't have to live in, in this wicked world without any hope anymore. That should be my purpose every time I put on those shoes. And that's what he's saying, you need to put on the shoes! Every time we leave the house, Remember, this battle is a daily battle. 
We don't get to pick and choose when the battle's going to come in our lives. We don't, need, we don't get to pick when we're going to fight and we're not going to fight. Listen, sometimes we'll run and hide and not fight. That's not fighting. The battle's still there. We need to purposely put on the shoes. It needs to be every single day I'm going to purpose in my heart to go out and, and, and search for an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus Christ with purpose. Sometimes those things happen by accident. I praise God when they do. When somebody comes along and says, says hey, can I ask you a question? doesn't happen very often, though. Most spiritual, most, most spiritual conversations come up when we bring them up. Do you know why? Because the lost don't want to talk about anything spiritual unless they're searching for something. And there are times when God puts those people in our path. We also need to go out and look for those opportunities. We need to be prepared and we need to be looking with purpose. Well, I've not seen anybody that needed that, that was ready to be saved. Listen, that, that waitress, she probably is working and doesn't have time for you to sit there and to, to open up the Bible and share with her an entire passage or several passages of Scripture and to extol to her the doctrine of uh, soteriology, which is salvation. She doesn't have the time for that, but you know what she might have the time for? Here's a track I'd like to invite you to our church. God loves you. And I don't know what's going on in your life, but is there a way I can pray for you? This day and age, people need prayer. So I don't go to restaurants. Not right now, I get it. There's a lot of people that don't go to restaurants. Have you gone to the grocery store? She doesn't, the, the, the girl at the register doesn't have time to talk to you either. There's a whole bunch of people behind you, but it's just says, just say, God loves you. I'd like to pray for you. And slide her a track. Well, I don't know that they accept the track. If she doesn't accept it, she doesn't accept it. But if you don't offer it, she'll never accept it. There has to be purpose. We have to be prepared. We have to. We we, we need to to, to 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 saturate our hearts and our minds with the gospel. But we need to do this with purpose. It isn't just so that we can be saturated with the gospel. It's not all that we think about just so that we can think about it. No, it's so that we can go out and we can preach the gospel. There needs to be diligent permeation of the gospel in our lives. There needs to be a designated purpose. Uh, Acts chapter three verse six is a perfect is is perfect. Uh, you remember this is right after Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has come down uh, and the, the church has started. Uh, they went from, from uh, just 120 to 3,000. And guess what? Peter and John are headed to the temple to pray. They're not going out necessarily to go out and witnessing, witnessing and telling others about Christ. Uh, they're not there to, they're not going to, to, uh, to, to, to build up the church or to grow the church. And listen, there are times that we have visitation and, and, and uh, to give people an opportunity. But you don't need for, for the church, or you shouldn't need for the church to give you an opportunity to share the gospel. It should just be what we do. So, so uh, turn over to Acts chapter 3 real quick, see what happens. Acts chapter 3. 
says this, now Peter, verse 1 says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, laying from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered in, into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he said, And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee, or give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw it, walking and praising God. If we continue to read, what we find is that that Peter, Peter then begins to preach the gospel and a whole other group of people get saved. Now Peter did not go there to heal that man. Peter did not go there to preach the gospel. Peter went because it was the ninth hour and as a Jew it was time to pray. But what did he see? He saw an opportunity. He saw a man who was searching for something, it was, who needed something. Man, he'd been there for years. Peter probably walked by him every other time. And this time he fastened his eyes upon him because the Lord showed him that man had a need. And he said, hey, listen, I don't have any money. But what I do have, I'll give you. He said, well, I can't heal anybody like that. You're right. Neither could Peter, by the way. I'm not telling you to go out and try to perform fake, fake miracles. But what we do have is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if that isn't a miracle, if that can't change somebody's life, then just go home. Because the gospel has the power to give you life. But it won't give anybody life if we don't take it to them. Instead, we hold the cure in our pocket. It is all mine and not for anybody else. I want other, I want other people to have it and go with purpose. Looking for those opportunities. We see a diligent, the need for diligent permeation or penetration of the, the word of God into our hearts, our minds, and our lives. The gospel. Uh, we, we need the designated purpose of the gospel in our lives. We think thinking of this word purpose. And we see the, the devoted proclamation as we uh, we need to be devoted to proclaiming the word of God. Stop, hold. When's the last time you shared the gospel with somebody face to face? When's the last time you handed out a track? Well, that's just not me. That's to be every Christian. Every one of us. We want to know why, why we don't have more numbers in our church? It's because we don't bring more people in. It's embarrassing. How embarrassing was it for Christ to hang naked on that cross? How dare we? I might offend somebody. It's not us that offends people. The law offends them. But more so, would you rather offend man or would you rather offend God? God chose the church, this body of believers, and every other local body of believers in him to be the ones to, to, to bring the gospel out into the world. We can come up with all kinds of excuses. And I could knock every single one of them down because there is no excuse why we don't share the gospel. The only, the only reason we don't is because we're not prepared to do it. We're not purposed to do it. And we have decided that we're going to do it. 
I, I started exercising two weeks ago. And I, I already mentioned I've lost 10 pounds. You know, you know how that happened? I made a choice. Listen, I don't like to exercise. Actually, I'm starting to like it now. But I didn't like it then. I did not want to go downstairs into my basement where it's 50, 40 degrees and, and jump around and look like a lunatic. Because guess what? I look like a lunatic. I, I, did, I did not want to, 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 to change the way I was eating. I, I liked the way that I was eating. It wasn't doing me any good, but I liked it. I had to make a choice. And in making that choice and sticking to that choice, guess what? I've seen progress. Now, you may not become a, 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 the, the world's greatest fisher of men the first time you go out and try to tell somebody about Christ. But if you never take that first step, you'll never tell anybody. And when you get to heaven, you're going to stand before God with your hands empty. And listen, even more than that, we're talking about the, the, the armor of God and This is to help us to stand and help us to move forward. We'll get into that here in a minute. So the word preparation there shows me those three things. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the idea of, of, of preparing ourselves or, or, or that permeation I mentioned, uh, the, the purpose the, the, the behind doing that, and then the, the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, the, the, going back to verse 15, it says this. It says uh, back in... Ephesians chapter 6. It says this. It says, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We've talked about the word preparation. We talked, we talked about the word gospel. But we didn't talk about the word stand. So it's not in there. It's implied. Because it's two verses before. It says, stand therefore, having your loin. And it goes in talking about the thing. To, 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 to be able to stand, the reason we, we do this is to stand. So now we've got to go back to this illustration. Uh, Paul's talking about this illustration. We talked about the, the, the hobnails that come through the bottom of those, the, those, those shoes that they're to wear. Uh, it's therefore the purpose that they stand, that uh, they remain unmovable uh, on the faith. Say, well, I'll never move on the gospel. I, 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 would never, I could never be moved away from the gospel. I'm sure the Galatian church said the same thing. But in Galatians chapter 1, Paul says, how fast you've been moved away from the gospel. What happened to you? In fact, most of the, remember the Christianity, have you, have you looked out how many different churches that are out there? How many different belief systems that are out there? Those, those all started from the church. What happened? Somebody came along and with the wrong idea, and they twisted the gospel just a little bit. They said, well, no, you need to, you need to be circumcised to be saved. And, you, oh, and then, then somebody else, oh, you need to be baptized to be saved. And they begin to add things to the gospel. And listen, we know that if you add something to the gospel, it's, it's not the gospel anymore. You ruin that recipe. The gospel is Jesus Christ, salvation by Jesus Christ alone, his death, burial, and resurrection. We're saved by faith through grace. That's it. Paul says, how quickly you've been moved away from the gospel. That gospel will help us to stand. If we are prepared, if, we, if, if we're permeated, if we're preaching it, if, if we're living it, if, it's, if we're consumed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, it will keep us immovable. 
Now, in Paul's description of, and I don't have the, uh, come back this afternoon, you'll get to see a better picture of it. Uh, uh, but, but another part of the armor, and the next part of the armor we're going to talk about is the shield. And, and I don't want to get too much into it, uh, but, but the shield is there to, to protect uh, from, from those that are pushing against and those that are attacking, but it also helps them to push forward. Uh, the, the, Romans, the, the Romans worked uh, in groups. They, they, didn't, they didn't just go out and fight one-on-one. It was, it, they, they, had, they, they, they were units of people, uh, upwards to 100 people in a unit. And they, they, it was amazing what they could do with the shield, come back and find out about it. Uh, but when they, were, when they were facing a horde of enemies, they were pressing against them or they were being charged, they would use those shields to, to block. But to, make, to move forward, uh, they, would, then they would get down low and they would push all at once. You know what helped with that? The shoes. Because they could get good grip and, and they, 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 it gave them a good solid base and they, they, they were able to move forward. See, uh, we, we need the word of God to, to help us to stand, to keep us, uh, we need the gospel to, to keep us grounded. And Listen, we don't move away from the gospel. We don't let somebody else come along and teach us something different. And if somebody comes along, we... We put them away, but listen, uh, I, I, we won't let somebody come in the door and teach something, something, but you might turn on your radio and listen, the internet is a dangerous thing. There are so many false teachers out there that, 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 that twist scripture just enough. Listen, we need to be very careful to understand that Jesus Christ, uh, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ cannot be changed. And we need to stand upon it. But we also need to move forward tactically. We need to press forward and, and, and move forward. And how do we do that? With the gospel of Jesus Christ, step by step, so that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. The Bible says that we, that we need to stand with our feet shod, but also having done all. Here's a question. Have you done all? This is not a defensive war. This is offensive. We're to go out and make disciples. We're to, we're, the, the gates of hell are not to prevail against us. We're to prevail against the gates of hell. You know, that, that, that doesn't happen because we stand firm together. It happens as we move forward together as a church, as individuals. And we do that with our feet shod. Now, there there's a, we, we, talk, we see the, we talk about the diligent permeation, the design purpose, the devoted proclamation. Uh, there's a, a definitive position. We are to stand. We are to be immovable. We are not to be moved away from that. We talked about that. Uh, uh, there's also a, a design protection. Uh, those shoes do protect you, but not from attack. That's what the shield's for. They do protect your, the insoles. Listen, the gospel will protect you. You know how it protects you? If your life is permeated with the gospel, if you're thinking about the gospel, if you're going places to tell people about the gospel, if you're trying to live the gospel before other people, guess what? You're going to be a whole lot more thoughtful about what you do, about what you say, about where you go. You'll, you're, you're not going to find yourself in doing something that, that would hinder the gospel. Why? Because your whole purpose is to go out and preach the gospel. I used to, I used to uh, wear a uniform uh, when I worked on the ambulance. I won't say the name of the company. Uh, you all know it anyways. I used to wear that uniform. And guess what? When I went out wearing that uniform, I was careful with what I did and what I said. 
Uh, I, I've told you before about the time I was riding in the passenger seat, and the driver of the ambulance was, was having a kind of a go with a, a vehicle next to us on the interstate, and the person used an opposing one of the fingers they shouldn't have used to wave at the person. And I said, well, that wasn't very smart. And 30 seconds later, the radio said, uh, Delta base to Delta, oops, sorry. <clears throat> Blankety, uh, unit 12, can you give us a phone call? Uh, did somebody just um, give the finger to, here, talk to my partner. Because <laughs> it wasn't me. Guess what? It was on the side of our ambulance. A name and a big phone number. When we go out with the name of Christ, people see what we do. We should be more careful about what, how we act and what we say. Why? Because we're to glorify the Father in heaven with everything that we do. Matthew chapter 5 says that they should see our good works and then glorify the Father. Everything we do should point people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Say, so, well, I'm working. How can that be the best employee that you can be? Honest to a fault working harder than anybody else could, generous and loving and caring, and guess what? They're going to see something different in you because most employees aren't like that. What do, they, what do we do? Be like Christ. Just do it for Christ and, and imagine yourself trying to live like Christ, and you'd be surprised how we, our lives might be different. There is a protection in this. There's also deliberate progress. And I mentioned that. Not only to stand, but to move forward. Matthew chapter 6, 16, verse 18. says, we're to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. All the world. Say, so, well, I can't go everywhere. No, but you can go across the street. You can do your part here. We've got, we've got people over, we, we've got people, uh, Ganesh Kumar over in, over in India, he's doing his part there. We've got uh, Brother Nixon over in the Amazon, he's doing his part there. We, we do our part where we are, and guess what? The gospel will get out. There were 12 men, and, and according, to, uh, according to Acts chapter 17, verse 6, uh, uh, they, those 12 men that started uh, the, the church, they turned the world upside down. Have we turned our neighborhood upside down? Have we turned our, our city upside down? Have we turned our state upside down? Or are our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Last, last note here. We see the divine provision. Verse 15 there ends there in Ephesians chapter 6 with the word peace. We're to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Knowing what God has done for me, knowing that God, the creator of all things, who gave his son to die on the cross for my sins, who loved me and gave himself for me, saturating my life and my, my mind and my thoughts about the, with the gospel. You know what that does for me? It gives me peace. It gave Paul peace so that he could be beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, 
all of those things. And you know, he was in prison. Philippians chapter 1 says, listen, all these things have happened unto me. But as far as Christ is, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but as long as Christ is preached, I can care less. I'll find joy in it. Why? Because his life was all about the gospel. Now I'm not saying that I want you to be a brother, be another Paul. You can't be. God only made one of those. But you can shod your feet with a preparation of the gospel of peace. You can make it your life's purpose to share the gospel with the people that you know. You can prepare yourself in the study of the word of God and, and, and thinking about it, meditating upon the gospel. And listen, that will bring you peace. That will bring you joy. That will bring you a, a desire to share it with others because every time I see somebody who gets saved, and they, man, they, they, they understand, they finally understand, what do they do? They want to go and they want to tell their family. They want to tell their friends. They want somebody to understand what just happened in their life. Listen, we need to get that back. Instead of allowing the world to permeate our minds and our thoughts and our lives, we need to permeate ourselves with the gospel. We need to shod our feet with the gospel of peace. Number one, to stand. But then, to do all. To move forward. To make progress. To see people saved. The gospel was not just for us. The gospel was for the whole world. God gave it to us to take it to them. Let's pray. Father, God, I thank you for your, your word. I thank you for all you've done for us. God, I'm so thankful for the, that somebody shared the gospel with me. Somebody saw fit to tell me that you loved me and you died for me. God, I'm so thankful. God, I'm sorry that I have not told as many people as I should. Lord, I'm sorry that I've not been as prepared as I should. God, I pray that you, you would have your way with us. Lord, that we would be honest with ourselves about where we stand and what we've done and how we have been concerning the gospel. And Lord, may you help us to permeate our minds, to prepare ourselves, and to move forward and to share the gospel that others might be saved. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.